right, Justin. I really need to remember if I play this game on these episodes. I'd never fucking remember when we do it. I assume I do. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I believe you do. All right, Justin. Sing me a song that I'm thinking about right now. Um, you're thinking of the the Fringe theme song because you just watched it, and I forgot what how it goes. Like, oh my god, I gotta remember. Uh, Did you watch that show, Justin? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we, we watched it pretty oh, much I introduced at the same time. Everybody to Fringe. Yeah. Oh yeah, you introduced oh. it to me too. No, that's X Files. All right, Justin, I'm no. gonna put you out of your <laughs> I misery. It. I'm Dang gonna put it. you out of your misery because yeah, that's lost. not it. I lost. That wasn't it either way. So, I'm sorry, Justin. Man, you were gonna lose it either way down the rabbit hole you were going. Because Justin, yeah, pretty much, like I mentioned, I watched the pilot episode of it. Pilots very rarely have the theme song. Got to remember that. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one doesn't have the theme song because it's still the pilot. Most of the time, pilots don't have it because they actually haven't purchased it yet. They don't know what it's going to be. Huh. So I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So, all right, Heather, your turn. Go. The song you're thinking about. Yeah, what's I'm gonna song go you with? About? Um, I'm gonna go with that driver's license song. Yeah. I got my driver's license last week. Something, something by Olivia Rodrigo. It's not a bad guess because I have been playing her album recently. But I know that's why I said it. But no, I'm not. And that was a terrible version of it, by the way, everybody. So I'm hopefully everybody knows what I'm talking about. I do. But you're wrong either way. You're 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 closer than Justin was, because what I'm actually okay. thinking about is the song "Mascara" by the band Killing Heidi. Okay. Because Olivia yeah, Rodrigo's song that. "Good for You" reminds me of Killing Heidi, whereas it reminds a lot of people of Paramore. It I could see that I could see that correlation, but because of when I grew up. Killing Heidi was kind of my par- uh, paramour. And so yeah. it reminds me more of paramour, or I mean of Killing Heidi than paramour. Um, if anybody doesn't know, check out the band Killing Heidi. They're an Australian band. They're really awesome from like the early 2000s. Uh, but yeah, that's my jam. And that's what I was the funny about. thing is, I was going to say that Good For You song, but I actually couldn't remember the name of the song. <laughs> And I've only heard it like once, so I wouldn't have been able to sing it. Um, but that is the that is the other song I was planning to go with because it's more upbeat, but I couldn't remember it. So, oh, well. But no, you were wrong, too. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys ready for our theme song? Yes. Yeah. Cinema Slayers. 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 Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And today we are doing our third ever of our monthly series off script, where we kind of go off script and we talk about whatever, not exclusive to TVs and movies, even though you guys still ask us TV and movie questions. 
we gladly answer them because this is the whole point is we just talk about whatever we want on this episode. So with this, hello, fat boy. My cat wants to get my little recording box with me. Um, let's go ahead and start this off. Heather, what's our first question? So the first question is going to be from our Cinefan, Curtis. Um, he asks, what are the favorites to win Euro 2020 and who's going to win it and why? All right, Justin, what are your thoughts on it? Well, well, really, man, I don't watch much soccer. So this is kind of a tough question to ask. Um, yeah, I have zero answer. input on this. <laughs> yeah, man, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I mean, I, maybe I should have. So I was kind of like, well, uh, I don't know. I'm going to answer that one. But um, uh, maybe I should have looked at like, is there a favorite or is there somebody who's like favorite for something like this? But man, I wish I knew more about it. But I just, man, I do not keep up with soccer enough to really even make an informed opinion. My my football is the American football, the NFL football. I'm a little bit uh better versed at that. So um but 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 every now and then um whenever the World Cup uh comes around, I do try to keep up with who's winning what and and watch a little bit of it and stuff like that. But I mean if you were to ask me about specific players or anything like that, I'm probably not going to know. I I only even know like a few players by name. Like I know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. I know him. Um, he's pretty popular. Um, you, you know, like I know, I just know a few names, like those ones that are kind of mainstream names, but yeah, soccer is totally not my deal. So, yeah. I wish I had a better answer, man, but yeah. Not that it's not a good question. I just, I'm it not, is. Um, I don't follow sports enough to know those things, but maybe Sterling has more he can say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the last I saw, the odds on favorite to win it was Britain at one to five. So if you want to pick a favorite, you know, you could always go safe, I guess, with Britain in this case. Personally, for me, I always tend to leave to- lean towards the nas- uh, the German national team. That's just kind of where I always go anytime when there's international soccer. My allegiance is to the Germany team. Uh, going back all the way to the West Germany days when it was split up and it was the, the West German team. So that's where I always root. And, you know, this goes for Olympics, World Cup, all of it. I always root for the German national team. So with that, that's my pick. I think they were like fourth or fifth in the rankings to possibly win it. Um, but, you know, that means nothing to me. It just means they're a slight underdog. Just as I always pick my Titans to win, I always pick the German national team to win in these scenarios. So that's who I'm going with. I'm going with the German national team. But last, like I said, the last I saw was Britain at one to five as the odds on favorite. When is the game or when is the cup or whatever <laughs> oh it's coming up i don't know the exact date hold on i know it's sometime in of, june what kind of question is that <laughs> that was a harder question than the question itself <laughs> yeah i want to say june june something early june 
Oh, it, June it says, 11th. Uh, yeah, June 11th. Turkey July versus 11th. Italy. So that's. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, that's my answer. Okay. Um, any more thoughts on that? We got another sports question for you guys. All right, let's go. Um, the question is from Carson, and it says, thoughts on Lamar Jackson? Again, I will unfortunately have zero input on this question, but please enlighten me on this. <laughs> I mean, this is a tough one for me just because, A, it's such a broad question. Like, yeah, it could go any number of ways. Um, Lamar Jackson, I guess, is one of those players. I kind of root for him anytime he's not playing the Titans. You know, right now, I'm kind of upset with him because the last football game the Titans played was against the Baltimore Ravens, and and he won. And this was coming off the year, or this was the year after he had won MVP and got his ass kicked by my Titan. So, you know, but I mean, I, it's, it's it really is such a tough question. Like, is do I think he's good for the modern NFL? Yes, I do. Do I think Baltimore got a steal at the end of the draft whenever they traded up to get him at the end of the first round that year? Yes, I do. Should he have dropped that far? No, he should not have. Now, is his game perfect? No. But with a lot of these young quarterbacks, it really isn't. You know, right now, the quarterbacks that have the best game out there are your veterans. When you look at like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, Tom Brady might have some problems, but yeah, who the fuck else do you want in the fucking playoffs and or Super Bowl? You want Tom motherfucking Brady. You know, Aaron Rodgers does things that no one else does just for the sheer fact that he takes probably a very mediocre or slightly above mediocre Green Bay team and makes them NFC championship perennials. And, you know, but when you take the modern, the, the younger quarterbacks, when you look at like a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen, or uh, Patrick Mahomes, or Justin uh, Herbert. I have no problem with any of the ways that fucking Lamar Jackson plays the game. Does he maybe run a little too much? Yeah. But also, why the fuck not? He can blaze past most fucking people when he does. He doesn't get tackled a lot. He doesn't get hit a lot, which was Michael Vick's problem. Michael Vick got hit a lot. Uh, Robert Griffin got hit a lot. You know? That doesn't lead to sustained playability. But right now, he plays this past most people. He can get out of bounds. You know, he doesn't take a lot of straight on hits. So I don't see why his playing style wouldn't last him even, you know, long, you know, another six, seven years. And with the way the modern NFL is, for the most part, that's how you get, you're going to be able to be efficient on offense. You've got to have a quarterback that can scramble, that can run that can keep some plays alive or make some plays. Because even Patrick Mahomes, who is by far one of the most incredible passers we have currently in the league, has burned some people really bad just by running, you know, because they don't always expect it from somebody like him. So it is a very valuable asset to have, especially if you're doing it right. And I think with Harbaugh as his coach, I think that both him and Harbaugh are doing an incredible job with that offense of Baltimore and playing into his strengths and then developing new strengths as they go. I think that's the other big problem with young quarterbacks like that is they just try to make them be a new quarterback right away. No, play into their strengths, but while you're doing that, teach them more stuff. So as they grow older and as they keep playing, they're staying 
like dangerous because they've got more tools under their belt at that point. But those are my thoughts on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting question to try to answer because. Because you're right, like in the broad way that the question was asked, you wonder like what kind of angle this person is coming from. Is this somebody who likes Lamar Jackson, but the but you're hearing a lot of negative media, so you're wanting so you're wondering if we feel the same way about him or are you someone that doesn't like Lamar Jackson? Like you think that he's you you know you, you for whatever reason you don't like him and you're looking for affirmation that way from us you know i don't really know what the what what the motive was behind the question but i mean but just to answer it i think that i i do like him i mean i think i don't have a reason to dislike him i think he is um a good quarterback um i, I do think that he's definitely more of a dangerous runner um, than a passer, but I think the narrative that he can't pass is not fair and not true. And I do think that, you know, he probably gets more flack and criticism about that than maybe is deserved. I, I, I will give it that. Um, on the question of, well, he is good, but will he ever be considered like all time great or will he ever win? A, a, cha- a Super Bowl and things like that. Um, it's a tough question to answer right now. I mean, it's possible. I think if you, if they, if the Baltimore Ravens play the right opponent, I think if things go well enough in the game where Baltimore, Baltimore is one of those teams where I feel like they're usually better when they have a lead or when the game is close and they can pull it out in the end or different things like that they're they're really it's really hard for them to come back from behind or if they're losing by multiple touchdowns that's not really their game they're methodical they pick you apart since Lamar's strength is the is the dual threat of running and passing and because he's just such a a freak athlete. He's fast. He's big. He's strong. Whenever it comes to running, and like Sterling said, he runs very smart. He gets outside the edges. He tries not to take too many direct hits and things like that. So because of that dual threat, they will always be a defensive problem because of the run pass option. All these other little plays, the trick plays, and things like that that you can do with him, um, and the and some of the other players on the team. That's always going to be an issue and it's always something that a defense can prepare for um and like sterling said you know the the way that the 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 what the league now and probably on into the future is is more about the mobile quarterback right now you know you've got to be able to scramble you've got to be able to move and create something outside of the pocket you know that that is the the prototype of quarterback that a lot of people are looking for now you've got to be able to do both things um but the the ones that are the the most successful the ones that are just like really at the top right now seem to be the ones that can do both very effectively like when you look at Aaron Rodgers 
He may not be the runner that Lamar is, but he can scramble. He can get outside the pocket and move and stuff like that. But he's a deadly accurate passer. Sterling mentioned uh, Patrick Mahomes. Same kind of deal. He's he's He can't run in there with the speed and the strength of Lamar Jackson, but he can still run. He can still get, pick up some extra yards and different things like that. He's also a smart runner. He'll slide, different things like that. But... He's just a deadly accurate passer. You know, he could never run and still beat you with his passing. And um, then you've got emerging. Uh, Russell Wilson is another one that I think of. He runs and he he can get on his feet a lot, but he's just a deadly passer. Um, but and when I think about Lamar Jackson, he is not the passer that those guys are. I don't know if he's the as is as deadly or as accurate of a passer as them. Um but that's not to say that he can't get there. That's not to say that his game can evolve. That's not to say that he can't um eventually arrive to the level of them because if he could throw um almost as good as an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes, then he'd probably be the best quarterback because they can't run like he can. So with that being said, um, I I think that's kind of where he is. I think that sometimes he does get maybe more criticism than he deserves. Um, I was glad that last year he kind of got over that hump and won that first playoff game because that was a big monkey on his back. Man, fuck that He can't win a playoff. I know he beat the Titans. I'm sorry about that, Sterling. But the one, but you know, I mean, my team is Dallas, so we were nowhere near um, in the playoffs. But you know, but I was happy that he got that monkey off his back because that had been a big criticism about him. He's great in the regular season, but he can't win anything in the postseason. So he's done that now. But now. The pressure's on because you have to take the next step. All right, you, you're great in the regular season. Okay, you've won a playoff game. But now, you know, you got to get to that division title game. You know, you got to get, get to the Super Bowl. And that's the only way some people will mainly consider you great is you've got to be able to get to those games. And that is what really separates a lot of quarterbacks in the league. So can he get there? I think the potential is there, but with the play style that Baltimore has and everything like that, you know, Harbaugh and his staff, they put a lot into basing their game plan off of what Lamar Jackson can do. So he's kind of in a place where they welcome that play style. So you have to wonder is this the kind of team where they're going to ask him to be better at things that are not his strengths necessarily um, in order to get to that next level? Are they going to, is this the team that's going to ask him to do less running and more passing? Is this a team that's going to ask him, you know, when so much is based on those gifts, are they going to go the other way with that? So th- that's a big question that I think that the Baltimore Ravens organization and Lamar Jackson himself has to answer. Um, 
but but I think he does have the potential to do those things. He seems to have a good attitude. He's a good competitor. He uh, it feels like he's a good leader. Um, last last season. They played a great game with the Cleveland Browns. I want to say that it was Monday Night Football. And, man, that was a hell of a game when he went out on what they thought. Like He went out and they thought that maybe um, something was wrong with him or maybe he was injured. Then he came back later in that game and, you know, led Baltimore to that game-winning drive and everything like that. I mean, I've seen this guy play amazing games and win some amazing games. I think that that was probably, if not the best game, easily one of the best games last season was that game with Baltimore and the Browns. And a lot of that was because of him. He made a big difference when he's out there. So I think the the jury is still out on how good or how successful Lamar Jackson will be. Um, But you know, Tom will tell if he could kind of get over that hump. And like, I don't know, to just kind of compare him to another sport or another athlete in another sport. You know, if you're looking at basketball, he almost kind of reminds me of like a Giannis, right? Like a Giannis, a Netacumbo, or maybe like a Joel B. Like you see all this potential. He's got all these athletic gifts and he can be absolutely dominant. But can he make it happen in the postseason? And I feel like Lamar Jackson is another one that people have questions about in that regard. No, I think that's a good comparison, Justin, with Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you can see it, can't you? The same kind of deal, yeah. right? Freak athlete can be extremely dominant. Great attitude. Team loves him. Teams are built behind what they can do, but can they go further in the postseason? You know, we'll find out this the, this year. Seventy Sixers and the the Bucks are playing great. That is true. That is true. Both of those teams are doing great this year. But yeah, I just see a lot of them in him. It's the same kind of deal. The things that they're good at, they are almost unbeatable in. Like the things that Giannis does well, you you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that does those things like that that size and that presence on the inside and how he can just kind of bully a game. There, there's not too many other ones who can do it like he can, and that's what Lamar Jackson reminds me of. You know, with those physical gifts he has. So, yeah. All right, Heather. What's the next one? All right, our next question is from Ryan, and it just says, what will it take to get you, Sterling, to force Jason and Devin to watch the movie Frankenhooker? <laughs> Which is interesting, because I've actually never even heard of that movie. So, I, I don't know, have you even seen that? Is it, like, no. just awful? Uh, no, no, okay. no fucking clue what it is. I hadn't heard about it until it was brought up, but it's just one of those movies that probably ended up on a list somewhere. And that's why Ryan right. thought of it. Um, honestly, all it would take is a request. All I need. That's all. It's yeah. that simple. Request it. And don't worry. <laughs> I've already found where we can watch it. So. <laughs> where is it on? Um, Shutter. We'll have to watch it. Or Shutter or AMC Plus or something like that. But whatever it is, I'll pay for the subscription. We'll watch it. And just so everyone knows, the tagline for this movie is a terrifying tale of sluts and bolts. So that just, if that tells you anything about 
what this movie will be. It sounds amazing. <laughs> and it did have a Bill Murray recommendation. That's funny. Yeah. Because so. I saw that he, he left a comment about that, but no, it's actually on the poster that he said, if you only see one movie this year, it should be this, whatever year that came out, which who knows. There you go, wow. Gaston. Are you really gonna are you really gonna spit in the man Bill Murray's face? <laughs> you can't you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do such a sinful thing like spit in the face of Bill Murray? He doesn't deserve that. So when all it's you almost gotta like do a is trump watch, card. When all you gotta do is watch Frankenhooker. Nineteen ninety so, is when it came out. And you know, and I personally don't have any um problems or, you know, with sex workers you know i don't even like all the hate that sex workers get i think it's kind of ridiculous but and i guess if you could have a franken one if you can franken one i mean (laughs) she should get the same respect i don't know i don't even know what i'm saying right now (laughs) yeah we'll watch the movie (laughs) i think jaston started drinking recently or something (laughs) just kidding just kidding Okay, our next yeah, Jess, question. You sounded like me during that Woman in the Window podcast. I was pretty drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he was six deep in before we started, so that was that was pretty interesting. Yeah, something um, happened just then. I don't know what, but I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, next question is from Eddie, and he says, "What is y'all's go-to pizza order? And if you don't eat pizza, why are you tripping?" <laughs> That's a fair question, Eddie. I like this question. Well, you go ahead and start us, Heather, because you haven't answered yet. <laughs> I, I can't answer sports questions. I mean, I can pretend and then just have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, so, okay, my go-to pizza order. Typically, it's going to be a hand-tossed pepperoni pizza or deep dish pepperoni. If I'm feeling a little bit like I want something different, it's going to be a half pepperoni and then a half Hawaiian pizza, which I know what? I'm going to get probably the a lot of like, fuck. what? Why are you <laughs> bringing that, that Hawaiian-ass garbage onto this fucking podcast? <laughs> Listen, oh, it's like really good. Pizza. I think it's very good. Okay. What, what did you just say, Justin? I like Hawaiian pizza. Man, what the Thank fuck you. is wrong with both of you motherfuckers? <laughs> Why are y'all bringing that culinary travesty, that (laughs) abomination, the Ronald Reagan of fucking pizza? Oh my goodness. Bringing it onto this fucking shit. Wow. You know, I'm not making you eat any of it, Sterling, so it's okay. Um, (laughs) It shouldn't exist. And honestly, (laughs) I think it's really good. But honestly, yeah, like I used to when I was younger, and I don't even know, like, where I even first heard about Hawaiian pizza. No idea. Like my mom, she used to work at a pizza place. So we actually, when we were younger, got pizza all the time because we had a lot of access to pizza. <laughs> um, my mom was a manager. So, you know, yeah, but it, I mean, I don't even know if it was something that like she introduced me to, or if I saw somebody else order, it. I don't even know, but I was just like, Oh, okay. And, um, I just really thought it was super good. Um, And then, yeah, but I mean, I don't, it's not something that I, it's my all time go-to. Like I don't get it every time I order pizza. It's just, if I want something slightly different, 
then I'll do that. But uh, typically it'll only be like, it'll be like a half Hawaiian than half pepperoni because I do love a pepperoni pizza. So that's definitely going to be my go-to. And it needs to be either deep dish or hand tossed because I love crust. <laughs> a lot of people don't like it or they won't eat it. But if I have a pizza, my preference is it needs to have a good crust to it. Fucking disgusting. <laughs> oh, boy. Am I going next? Yeah, go ahead, Justin. Go ahead and spread your fucking okay. pill. Sterling's still too livid to, to talk about it right now. <laughs> Man, well, when it comes to pizza, um, well, well, my here lately, my favorite place to order has been Domino's. I just really like the the taste of their pizza. I was a Pizza Dang. Hut guy, but I but I feel like they they sort of I don't know they change. I ordered it one time and they changed the ingredients. Like it tasted completely different, and I honestly thought it was gross. And I was like, man. uh at first, I thought something was wrong with my pizza. Like, the first time, I was like, why does it taste like this? And then come to find out, they told me, well, it's going to taste a little different because we changed the ingredients. And I went, oh, okay. Well, I guess I won't be eating from here for a while. So, yeah. So, so Domino's has kind of been my 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 go-to place to order from. And, man... Um, Heather, I understand you like it. You know, you want to have something different every once in a while, so you might do the Hawaiian pizza. But for me, man, I always, I will always order. If I do that, two pizzas, like the the where you get, you know, you get two, two or for more one items deal. for yeah, the two or more items for five ninety nine each or whatever it is. It might be different deals in different states and stuff, but that's what we have here in Texas. So, um, anytime I do that, pick two. I'll get um, a pineapple and ham pizza. Yes. Egg, egg, extra. It's extra not just tomato me. Tomato sauce, extra cheese. You know, I'll do that. And then other than that, normally it's either it's either a pepperoni or it's a beef. I'm not one of those people who likes all these crazy toppings and stuff. I, I was done with that phase. Ninja Turtles got me out of that phase. So. <laughs> I don't get to that marshmallow. Yeah. yeah, don't don't yeah. be oh saying don't be saying those fucking lies that Ninja Turtles got you out of that shit. You eat fucking Hawaiian <laughs> pizza, okay? Which is right up there with like a gummy no. bear and spinach pizza or some, whatever the fuck they would say on Ninja Turtles. It's the same <laughs> type of fucking so. philosophy. I don't think so. <laughs> I think um no, but but it's funny because the first time I tried a wide pizza, I was kind of in Sterling's camp. I was like, what? Who would ever do that? It's gross, blah, blah, blah. I mean, why put pineapple on pizza? And then a guy just was like, just try it. He said, look, man, just try it. It's just one slice. Why not try it? And then that way you can know for sure if it's gross or not. And I tried it and thought it was actually good. And I've been ordering yes. it ever since. I was one of those haters, man. But then I tasted it and I came around, you know. Things yeah, so were for Cinefans, right. Cinefans listening, like, let us know if you're on board with the Hawaiian or if you are, like, in Sterling's camp of you people are crazy for having it. I would like to know the consensus because I feel like people are split on this topic all the time. <laughs> so I kind of want to know. If people are more for it or against it. A Hawaiian pizza is the equivalent of midsummer. <laughs> wow. The Hawaiian pizza within itself is a fucking lie. 
the Hawaiian pizza was developed in Canada. It's not even American. It's not even Hawaiian. It's nothing. It's fucking Canadian. So by that, by, by y'all guys saying that, you're just saying you hate America. Hmm. Like I said, I the see. Ronald Reagan of fucking pizza. Wow. It's so fucking disgusting. The pineapple's all warm and just, ugh. Like, pineapple pizza is the culinary equivalent of throwing up in your mouth and then eating pizza. So with disgusting. the vomit still in your mouth. Get out of here. No way. Dang. It's fucking garbage. Um, as far as my go-to order goes, I personally like Little Caesars. I think their crazy bread's on point. I think their stuffed crust isn't bad. I, every once in a while, get a hot, or get one of those extra most bestest, and I'll get just a plain cheese of that. So it's just extra cheesy goodness. When the cheese is all brown and caramelized, good. Um, even their thin crust, I like their thin crust. It's crispy, yet not crunchy. And it's got some, it's got a little bit of chew on it, and I do think that that's very good. Plus, it's square cut, which thin crust works in a square cut pizza. Because you get those, you know, you get those middle sections that are just solid pizza. You get those outside sections that got the little crisp on the edge. That's very good. Outside of that, I just would tip maybe stick towards just a pepperoni. And said, like I said, unless I feel crazy and want to get a just a cheese pizza, relive my eight year old days. <laughs> now, if I want to get fancy, then that's probably where if I stick to chains or something like that, I'll get a Lou Malnati's Chicago. Which yeah. is a is Chicago style deep dish with sausage. It's every bite. Every bite has sausage. Fucking good. Very good pizza. I prefer Lou's over like Giordano's or Gino's East. I think those are both garbage. Uh, Uno's has a very good deep dish. You know, it's really funny as much as like Chicago's like Chicago style deep dish is synonymous with Chicago. More places than not actually do thin crust square cuts. And I think that that's kind of funny that that's actually what's more prevalent around. Uh, one of the movie theaters up here, this uh, Hollywood Palms, they used to have a called a pizza de Sierra Madre, which was a green chili chicken pizza. And that was a very, very good. Wow. But notice how I never said anything <laughs> close to the nuclear holocaust in, in a pizza form. Wow. That is the Hawaiian pizza. Wow. And yes, I've had it. It's fucking garbage. I did forget about a stuffed crust. Oh, stuffed crust is also very good. I actually had the Papa John's epic stuffed crust last week. Not that epic. Mm -hmm. Not that good. I oh, think really? all the main chains, I think Papa John's really is my least favorite. It's something about their sauce. I don't like it. Maybe it's their yeah, sauce that one's not my favorite. ratio. Don't like it. Not good. Yeah. Domino's of the fast food or the those kind of pizza places is I like that one the best. But um Lou's Lumalnati's is really great. But um that's more I feel like that's more of like a anytime I've been there, it's been more of a dine-in situation. So I guess I don't consider it like I guess kind of all pizza is fast food, right? Because you get it delivered. But um yeah, if I'm looking I guess if I'm looking for a pizza that will be ready faster is maybe what I mean. I'll go with the Domino's because when you get that deep dish, you're looking at an hour. So you just got to be ready for that if you're going to order a deep dish. 
Yeah, getting getting a Chicago style deep dish is at least even in restaurants a good forty five minutes. Right, but we did have that when um, when Justin came in town for our pod fest because you'd never had a deep dish before, right, Justin, or just not no, Chicago he, he had had restaurant it. stuff. Okay, he had had it from the time he was there before. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think that was like the first place that we were like, we got to go here. <laughs> so that was delicious. Yeah, that was good. Notice how it didn't have any ham or pineapple on it, you disgusting fucks. <laughs> you and not every place carries that either. <laughs> yeah, and those are those are like franchises or restaurants that have taste. Oh boy. Well, are we ready for the next question? I'm just seriously. This is like Kroll and <laughs> Willie's Wonderland and fucking The Visit all over again. Such betrayal. Oh, boy. Well, I guess we should maybe move to the next topic so that you can stop being betrayed by us. Um, okay. Never. The next question is from, it's actually from our buddy, Kurt. He asks, is there anything from the Harry Potter books that really should have been added in the movies? Um, and the interesting thing is, when, when we first got this question, I was like, oh, okay, Harry Potter, I can get, you know, I can talk about that. And then I realized I only read, like, maybe two of the books. So I unfortunately don't have a lot that I can add to this one. And it was also quite a long time ago, like in high school, when I read the books. So I. That's a tough one. Um, based on the one, two books that I did read, I, I honestly can't say that I can think of anything. <laughs> but the only thing I can add to this conversation is I really enjoyed all the movies. So that's all I got for this one. Go ahead, Justin. Okay. In with this one. I want to start this one. <laughs> but you go. Come back to me. Come back to me. Justin, just admit you don't have an answer because you didn't read the fucking books. <laughs> well, I've read, well, I haven't read. All of them? Yeah, I haven't read all of them. I started the first one because I had a friend that had, that had them, but I didn't, but I didn't complete it. Um, man, that's fair. I, I, I just don't know enough about the the plot even even that first movie because I was thinking well could I at least comment on that but eh, I don't know if I got far enough in that book to <laughs> like have a credible opinion on it um yeah I'll let you go but but I will say something in general about just books and movies and movies to books um I, I will have something to say on that but yeah I'll let you go and I think th- and I think that'll be better just to maybe make a general comment on that once you're done kind of summing up Harry Potter. All right. Well, I did read the books. Unfortunately, the last time I read any of the Harry Potters was about 14 years ago and, or like later, like, or or earlier, I suppose I should say, like it's been at least 14 years since I've read a Harry Potter book. Um, one thing I do remember distinctly that I guess should have, I feel like been in the movies would have been in the first movie when they're going through the trials to get to that mirror and everything like that. And they had the the one that, you know, like Ron sacrificed himself with the wizard's chest and stuff like that. There was a potion or there was a, a trap or whatever 
that was in the books that was not in the movies. And there was a potions one. And that was the one developed by Snape. And with that, that's where Hermione sacrifices herself to help Harry go on. And I think that they should have kept that. It's a very good example of her character. And instead of her just going, oh, Ron's hurt. I'm going to stay. You go on. No, like it was her also making a sacrifice, just like Ron did, to help Harry continue on. And so I think it's a little like disingenuous or disenfranchising to get rid of that for her, but leave it for Ron, you know? Like, why not show her do the same thing? And it's because of her intelligence and how good she was, like, academic and studious she was, that she was able to, like, figure it out and do all that. You know what I mean? Like, it really kind of, I think, hurts the Hermione character. I know that they pick it up, and they do a lot, you know, better by her in some of the later movies. I just think that that would have been one to start it off at the beginning of this franchise to really show what type of, of person she was. And I'm really sad that they didn't include that. Mm, okay. Which uh, mm. which book was that from? That's from the first one. It is? Okay. Yeah. It's when they're going through the trials. You know, when they do the wizard's chest and, like, there is, uh, like I said, there's a broom or there's a potions one. Then there's, like, a broom one where Harry's flying around and he's got to get that key. Okay. Huh, all right. I'll take it. And like I said, I don't remember enough about the books. I really wish I was one of those people that read more than I do, but I'm just such a visual learner that like when I, when I'm listening or when I'm being enthralled in a story, I actually just like watching it. And that's why I love movies so much or TV because I, it's easier for me to escape when it's something I'm watching because when I read, I tend to trail off a lot in like my thoughts. Like my mind is like going a million miles about other stuff while I'm reading. And so it keeps it keeps me from being able to fully focus sometimes when I'm reading. So I just, you know, I wish I was one of those people that enjoyed reading more than I do. So reading so boring. <laughs> if I do if I do I like having like a full that. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just gonna say if I if I do something like that. I do prefer doing an audiobook. Have somebody else read yeah. it to me. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I'm going to have to start getting into audiobooks and stuff because I think that that's going to be a better medium for me just the, the sitting down and reading a book. I mean, the last book I read was a how-to on screenwriting you know like i don't mm -hmm. know like but but as far as like sitting down with a book or series of books and reading them yeah it's just i don't know if it's just my life or just who i am but it's just hard for me to do that so <laughs> yeah i think our audio books would definitely help me because whenever yeah. I had time, I could pull it up anytime. And, you know, while I'm exercising, I can listen to it. You know, I think, and, and plus I do a lot of driving on the road as a wrestler. So I think that would definitely help me. So. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, and that's, and that's the thing too, like books that are based off of movies, things like that, where. I don't know. I just, I feel like I really like it when they create the world for me to like see it, how they envisioned it and not necessarily how the author envisioned it, but the people making the movie at least, you know, like they, 
there's the sounds and there's the music and there's the action that you're seeing and like the the delivery of how they're saying certain things like i don't know i just i like seeing that already kind of laid out for me because it makes me actually escape into that world more if i'm seeing it and hearing it so that's just personal preference as far as like books versus movies you know based off of books and i think probably just in general anyway i mean that's that's the whole reason I love movies in the first place. Right. But yeah, so it's, yeah. And I think audiobooks have, um, the, the, I think that's a very good <laughs> way to read more. If you're not someone that can really make the time for it, or if just like you said, Jess, in your life is so busy that it's like, when do you have time to sit and read? You know, if you're driving on the road, you can just pop it in and listen to it or whatever, you know? So it's like, I totally understand that. And I think if I had to drive places more, which since I work from home right now, I don't need to, but I feel like that would be also what I would do if I wanted to get into like a book or something like that. So I think you guys are both right about that. Audiobooks is the way to go for sure. Plus it's just, you have to have places for books, you know, like the (laughs) the upkeep of getting shelves and stacking them somewhere and then when you move they got to be boxed up i don't know i I went through all that when (laughs) i had comics (laughs) you know i just went through all that when i had comics and now i'm kind of like why did i ever do all this like when with that with everything just being and i and i went through that like with dvds i have this massive dvd blu-ray collection just stacks and Mm -hmm. stacks of dvds and blu-rays and now i think about it and i'm like you know i will never do that again (laughs) i mean you know (laughs) just because everything is so digital now and that just seems more cost effective and easier so yeah i i just really think if i was if i were gonna try to catch up on some of these books or read some classic books or just stuff that I missed. Yeah. It's gotta be audio for sure. Yeah. I get that too. Like I, I remember when I moved into my place I have now, one of my friends helping me move was legit, like making fun of the fact that I have like a bookshelf with one row of books. <laughs> All of the other stuff is filled up with like decoration or whatever, because I just don't, I don't have a lot of books because if I have read them, it was probably before I moved to Chicago. So, you know, it's not stuff that I brought with me when I moved. So it's all stuff that is packed away somewhere, I'm sure in some storage place, but it was just funny. Cause I'm like, yeah, that does look pretty bad. Like I have one row of books <laughs> and then the rest is just not books at all. So, yeah. Yeah. Then when I moved halfway across the country, I got rid of a lot of my shit. I got rid of, mm-hmm. I don't have any books anymore. I don't have any fucking, I don't have any physical movies anymore because of it. Like if I were to take all the movies and TV shows I have in my, in my library oh right my now, gosh. it'd be absurd. I've got, you would just have a yeah. cave of movies surrounding you. <laughs> yeah. I've got yeah. what I've got over 1400 movies now at this point. And that I think is close to 900 awesome. and something TV shows. And yeah. if you like, especially if you look at TV shows, yes, yeah, some of them now can fit on like one Blu-ray or something like that. But like most of them, it's going to be four or five Blu-rays, you know, like I've got some shows that are like 15 seasons long, 
You know, that's 15 Blu-rays right there. Or an, or even worst case, like a collector's edition Blu-ray or something like that that still would take up the slot of like eight Blu-rays. You know, it'd be absurd Yeah, for me to have all these on one fucking thing. I could have like four or five bookshelves of nothing but movies and TV shows, or I can just have them all on one iPad. Like, yeah, and then get into comics. Like, then if you take my comic collection alone that I have digitally now would be well over a bookshelf of comics, you know, or even some of the books I own digitally. Like, that'd be absurd, too. Yep. So, yeah, fuck all that noise. But, Justin, I mean, you, know, and... you, you still haven't answered the question, though, yet, Justin. <laughs> we were, yes. You, you were going to come up with something. Okay. Well, here's the something that I'm coming up with. Um, <laughs> well, well, what I was just going to say was just kind of comment on um, just the whole books to movies comparisons and stuff like that, and just maybe make some general comments about that because it's something that I hear often. Well, the the books are better the books are better i feel like i hear that a lot whenever it comes to a book to a movie adaptation and a lot of times even too with like comic book to movie adaptations and stuff like that and i just think that the, the really the best approach you can take is look the movies are the movies and the books are the books just understand that the movie is loosely based on these books, but it, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get word for word what's in the book. And also, you also have to uh, play and factor in your imagination. Your imagination is probably always going to be better than what a d- director does or what the cinematographer does or what the, because your imagination can kind of make it whatever it, it, you need it to be in your imagination or how excited you are when you're reading it and things like that. You know, sometimes people's imaginations can run wild. So then when you see it on the screen and it's a little more simplified or it's kind of, you know, done with special effects and stuff like that, it may not always match up to your imagination. So I don't know. I just feel like sometimes we, we when we say the books are better, we got to consider some of those factors, you know, and sometimes just looking at it as two separate mediums and going, OK, it may not be the same story, but did it capture the essence of the of the books? Are the, do I do I recognize these characters? Do I feel like even though the events happen differently, is it something this character would do? And I think that if you do that, you'd be a little more satisfied with some of the movie adaptations. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that, Justin. I mean, but then a lot of these things, though, too, like, I've read the book Starship Troopers, and it's vastly different from the movie in tone, spirit, (laughs) everything. Starship Troopers is way better as a movie. That book is kind (laughs) of fucking boring, but that movie's just great. I think Jurassic Park works better as a movie just because Jurassic Park builds tension in in the movie. The book does not. The book just throws so many things at you all the time, you know? And so, like, some of these things, like, I think they do work better as one thing over another. I mean, really kind of depending. I mean, when it comes to something like Harry Potter, back when this all first came out, everything was fine. 
But then it's just like over time, people then started getting very picky with it. Like I, I do follow the, the sub, subreddit for Harry Potter and stuff like that. And you would, based on that, you would think that every Harry Potter fan in the world hates the movies because of all the shit they leave out of the book. No, sometimes they leave the right shit out of the book. Sometimes that <laughs> right. shit too fucking long. I know we had a friend who, when Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince came out, they were complaining about how so much was left out from the movie. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see fucking like 45 minutes of Dumbledore and Harry talking on a broomstick to each other. No, they just apparated. <laughs> it worked way fucking better. Like it, the movie would be like fucking nine hours long if you followed the book. Like I don't have time to sit there and fucking read, you know, everything for like three or four days, like nonstop. No, give me two and a half hours in and out done. Yeah. Because they'll sit there and they'll describe the fucking scenery for like four fucking pages. When in the movie, it just takes place in a shot. Bam, done. Scenery described like a motherfucker. (laughs) I ain't got no fucking time like that. Yeah. And and just more to that point, I can't speak. um, I don't know enough about the Harry Potter books to speak on them. But I know me some comic books. And when I think about the Civil War storyline in the comics and then the civil war that we got in the mcu uh there's no way that i would want the civil war how it was in the comics with just there were tons of characters there was tons of stuff happening and you know a press conference where spider-man takes his mask off and says i am peter parker and like i mean there was a bunch of stuff that happens in the civil war comic books and man i would just it would be such a nightmare to try to get all of that into a movie and 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 it's funny because i'm kind of one of those people and maybe this is a weird place to be comic fans don't don't hurt me too bad but i actually think that the storyline they came up with in that two and a half hour civil war movie was better than what i read in the comics oh you're preaching now it was you're preaching now i thought it i thought it was i think it was more condensed it 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 had it they they told a better story with less characters the stakes seemed a little bit more real and then at the end the 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 plot twist and stuff with tony and the winter soldier loved all of that thought it was great and then the yeah. fight between cap and tony what they were fighting for why they were fighting man that to me that was way more intense than what they did in the comic book so yeah that's my opinion. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I, hey, you're not wrong at all. I mean, they go really fucking crazy in the in the comics with it. Like when Spider-Man finally decides that, oh, maybe he wants to be on the other side or maybe Cap is right in the end. Iron Man goes, okay, cool. I'm going to murder you now. And since like <laughs> yeah. 27 supervillains to kill him. And like, you know, in some of those things like, when it comes to like the inciting incident in the civil war comics, I don't think, I really don't think that that would really incite what it became. Like what, what would a superhero registration act really do to stop nitro exploding at a a school? How does that solve any of it? 
And so many people are just all over it. Like, yep, that's what we got to do. You know? Mm-hmm. And this one I kind of understand. It's the argument of government oversight or not. And, like, whose government, who's this is going to actually oversee what we do and all this other stuff. That makes way more sense than getting a fucking driver's license to be a superhero. That still wouldn't stop the inciting incident. You can argue <laughs> that maybe the Sokovia Accords would have stopped what happened in the Civil War movie just for the sheer fact that they might not have been there if it wasn't for that, you know? But the Superhero Registration Act ain't going to stop supervillains from being supervillains. So what does it really do in the end? Uh, those are all great points. And see, said a fan, so I know some of you may be mad, but see, it's not always better in the in the book or the comic book. It can it can sometimes be better on the other side. So you know, and and again, it, when you separate, you enjoy it a lot more. Like I think that sometimes you wind up, you can sometimes wind up hating a movie that is actually good because you're too fixated on how it's not like whatever it was that you remembered reading or everything like that. Sometimes you can get so fixated on that stuff, you will miss out on how good this movie is or how good this retelling is and things like that. And, you know, I think that's that that with Civil War, that's a great example of that. Now, I'm not saying it happens all the time, but it can happen if you focus too much on the, the original source material. And it's got to be exactly like this thing over here, you know? Yeah, but can we all agree nothing's worse than Game of Thrones fans when it comes to the books versus the TV show? <laughs> Ugh, I'm just, it's so fucking tires. Well, I read the books. Yeah, so did I. It's fine. Like, personally, I think the fucking books are very much a drag to get through. Because I think that, what's his name? R.R. R. Martin. I don't think. He is really that good of a writer at all. I don't really think he's a good writer. I think he's a good storyteller. I think he can really tell a story. Motherfucker can't write. That motherfucker says Tyrion waddles every other fucking sentence that has fucking Tyrion in it. Get that motherfucker at thesaurus. <laughs> okay. It's just the half man, the imp, the this, the that. And it's always but waddles. The imp waddled. The half man waddled. Tyrion waddled. He has all these other fucking <laughs> words to just like say who he is. No other descriptors to have him fucking walk. Everything's just so repetitive. And everybody talks about like the ending of Game of Thrones. We don't know if that's really going to be better than the book. Just for the sheer fact that, oh yeah, this guy's been writing this shit for 30 fucking years and we haven't had one come out in like five. Like, come on. In this shit. I, I really do think that George R. R. Martin's going to die before he finishes Game of Thrones. Because he has zero fucking desire to do so now. He's been doing all these other side projects and all this other shit. Just yeah. because he got that Game of Thrones money now from that TV show. Ain't worried about finishing those books. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He cashed those checks and goes, man, I'll get to it when I get to it. Man, that motherfucker's just like me in the dishes. <laughs> I get to that shit once a week. That motherfucker probably writes a paragraph a week. And those books are like <laughs> 9,000 pages long. So you've got time to wait. So, yeah, that's the other problem with books. 
People have to take time and write them. <laughs> These movie production studios, they are efficient when they want to be. Marvel can start filming a movie and get it to you in theaters next year. I mean, shit, they were filming Hawkeye like a month ago, and that shit comes out later this year. Days efficient. <laughs> yeah, man. Then you compare them to McDonald's. Not too long ago, we were talking about compared to the food, and we were like, and I remember you said they're like the McDonald's. You know, they just a well-oiled machine, and it's just the consistency, the branding, everything, yeah. and that's so it's true. good and fast. <laughs> That's just so true. It's just, it is what it is. Like, is it the greatest shit you'll ever eat? No, but is it sometimes exactly what you need? Yes. <laughs> and is it always yeah. pretty much the same? That's the other thing, too. Very rarely does yeah. McDonald's taste different than itself. It's every once in a while it might. That's true. But for the most part, it's got consistency of flavor. You know, they might fuck up your order every once in a while, you know? But hey. It is what it is. I love when we do the food analogies because it makes so much sense. Man, fucking DC over there is fucking doing Burger King and shit. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's but it was flame broil. Yeah, but guess what? Nobody wants to eat it. Man, dude, all right, the other like was <laughs> like a month ago. Out of curiosity, because I wanted to say one like the Beyond Burger or something had changed its formula to be extra meaty or whatever. But then there was like the Impossible Burger. I was like, you know what? I haven't had one of these. I want to try one. So I went to Burger King. I actually went to Burger King. I actually sought one out. And I got a hey. regular Whopper. And I got one of the Impossible Whoppers. And I started eating that Impossible Whopper. And I went, man, this just does not taste like a burger at all. I know these motherfuckers on the commercial <laughs> are like, you can't tell the difference. It tastes just like a burger. And I was like, this tastes nothing like a burger. So I stopped about halfway <laughs> through. And I was like, I'll eat the actual Whopper now. And I started eating the Whopper, and I went, man, that's why everybody thinks the Impossible Whopper tastes like a Whopper. Because the Whopper or doesn't fucking taste like a burger either. It tastes like shit also. Oh. So that's why the Impossible <laughs> Whopper tastes like a burger, because you're comparing it to fucking Burger King. Which is just a microwave oh, beef patty that they just douse in liquid smoke. So they can say, eh, it's flame broiled. <laughs> I mean. Now I will say this, dude, their onion rings were on point, though. I got me some onion rings. <laughs> And I got that that zesty sauce. That was some good shit. And then when I was eating the fries, which I was actually okay with the fries because you could tell the person that made those fries gave zero fucks about their job or anything and used way too much salt, and it was really delicious. But then there was also an <laughs> yeah. onion ring floating in the fries, and I was like, all right, that's some shit too. That's good shit. Uh, so oh, you crazy, man. man. I don't like a lot of salt on my, not too much salt, man. When I get fries and they're super salty, n now McDonald's, I'll eat them because their fries are just so scrumptious. But something about those fries. I, there's something about those fries, man. I don't know. They, they put, they must put cocaine in them. And I would totally understand that because I'm straight edge. Um, but. <laughs> But but when there are too much too much salt in the fries, man, I think they're gross. I can't handle that. I don't see how you do that. See, I prefer me a salty fry though. I prefer I prefer salt on a lot of things. Like mm -hmm. I like my popcorn salty. I like my fries yeah. salty. I like my ramen salty. Like I prefer a lot of things on the salty side. I add salt to a lot of things. So that's yeah, why the same I'm way. That. like I'm very much I add salt to ramen. 
Like, I'm like, there's not enough sodium in this. I need some more. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that, but I do understand <laughs> I was, salt on things. I was about to say, it's not enough sodium for you in that packet. <laughs> that packet has nah. four million milligrams or something of, of sodium. <laughs> and I got my fucking kosher salt and I fucking salt bay that shit. Dude, see, I'm, salt... I'm like that with pepper. I abuse pepper oh, yeah. on everything. Don't get me wrong. I do that, too. Like, I actually will make myself some steamed rice every once in a while, and then I salt and pepper the rice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I put pepper on my rice. I, yeah. A ton of it. I call it spice rice, because I just put... All right, Justin, that is probably <laughs> the most white bread motherfucking thing I've ever heard, putting a bunch of pepper on some <laughs> rice and calling it spice rice. Spice rice, bro. My spice rice, though. But, like, no, dude, I get that. Like, when I make soup, if it's brothy, I like it salty. But if it's a cream-based soup, like a potato or a clam chowder or something like that, I like it peppery. I add a lot of pepper to it, you know. Don't get me wrong. I'm still adding pepper to my broth soup, too. But I'm just saying cream soups, I like really, really peppery. But brothy soups, like a chicken noodle or something, I add salt to that. Like my brothy salt. Or my salty broth. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. Man, now we done got on food, man. We may never get off of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can go. We can we can talk about some secrets and stuff like that. Or just food preferences. I'm fine. <laughs> like earlier, I got me, I made some steamed Brussels sprouts. There's some salt and pepper on that. Quite delicious. And this was already this seasoned good, salt and pepper Brussels sprouts. And I added more pepper and more salt. I get it. I do love adding salt. And I, I like a little bit of pepper, but I like salt more. So when I'm like cooking stuff, I'll put more salt and pepper. Oh, yeah. Like I add, I've got Wonder All salt, which is that yellow movie theater salt. Jastin knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like I have some of that. <laughs> yeah, salty popcorn, popcorn is great. I do like salty popcorn. I just get the ultimate, the Orville Redenbacher ultimate butter popcorn, and I saltify it. See, I don't know. Maybe I got my salt thing from my mom because she is interesting with her salt. Like, she will put salt, for one, she'll put salt on watermelon. Like, she'll get slices of watermelon. She'll add salt to it. Um, and then oh, yeah, she does do the that. same thing with, with just raw potato. Like, she'll get raw potato, and she'll just put salt on it. And All right, that's it. fucking nuts. Cook that shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, she does it when she cooks too, but if she's like, sometimes like when she's cooking, like while she's cooking it, she'll just get a potato she's cooking and be like, I'm just going to eat this one raw with some salt. Like, I've totally seen her do that before. Oh, like I'll make butter, I'll make noodles and like a buttercream sauce, or like, well, technically a butter sauce is not a buttercream sauce, which is like a really fancy, just a super fancy way of making buttered noodles, you know? And then I send, Add a bunch of salt and pepper, some like red pepper flakes to it. Ah, fucking good. (laughs) I feel like we could do a whole one of these just on food. Maybe we should do that sometime because I could talk about food all day. All right, on our next off script, we'll have the theme be food. Yes, Yes, that's a good idea. Yeah, we can start doing themes. Yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. We need to start doing themes. Yeah. Well, we but we had like we it. have just a couple more questions. Um, unless you guys had more to add about your salt and pepper preferences. 
No, because I think this is all spinning off a Harry Potter question, so we should probably move on. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It was still that question. Um, so we got a question from Nathan, which I think was technically, um, it looks like he posted a meme that had the question, but it was pretty funny. So it says, um, when Paul Walker goes to Vin Diesel's house party in the Fast and the Furious 1, they're playing I Got Hose by Ludacris on the stereo. But in Too Fast, Too Furious, Ludacris appears as street racer. Is it Tej Parker? Tej Parker? I don't remember how to say his first name. T-E-J. You know, Sterling? Yeah, wasn't it Tej or T-J? Tej, okay. Yeah, I'm... Anyways, TJ. Oh, yeah, that, I think that, it is TJ, actually. That's so fucking long ago for that movie, and I don't watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, well, we'll go with TJ. Uh, Street racer TJ Parker. So, in the Fast and the Furious universe, who sang I Got Hose? Was it TJ? Was it Ludacris? Does Ludacris exist? And if not, what happened to the hose? <laughs> Who's got them now? Are the hose okay? <laughs> <laughs> This is great. I like to think of it as Ludacris does exist in the Fast and Furious universe. And so does TJ. Like, they're just separate. And everybody just always walks up to TJ and they go, hey, you look just like Ludacris. He's like, man, I get that all the time. <laughs> they should have put that in there somewhere. Yeah. But I do think I do think the hoes are okay because Luda still got them. <laughs> if Luda's got them, it's all good. I can agree with that statement. I'm on board with that. I'll second that. Yeah. I think it's like you you almost have to look at it as okay. Ludacris in this film is not playing himself. He's playing another character. He's another person. So if he is another person, then that means that yes, his actual person could exist in the film as yeah, it could, could be in the soundtrack or whatever because that is who he actually is, but that is not the character he is portraying in this. So they Maybe they TJ's would have a to fan be two Ludacris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just like Sterling said, that's what I would do. It would be something like that. Oh, I get that all the time that I look like that guy. You know, I don't see it. You know, just something funny like that, but. Yes, they would have to both exist because one of them is not actually ludicrous. It's the character he's playing. So, yeah, that's the best way to look at it. So all that to say, ludicrous does exist in the Fast and the Furious universe, but so does TJ as a separate person. Exactly. Which okay. that means, that reminds me, I need to rewatch what. Fast and Furious 5 through 8 soon, because nine's coming out. <laughs> you just that need to. you got to do it. I have to. I'm so excited. Oh, and and the hoes are still with Ludacris. They're okay. So <laughs> Consensus says averted. the hoes are still okay with Luda. Yeah. Yeah. Crisis averted. <laughs> well, I feel like <laughs> that that's the most question. important part of that question. Are the hoes okay? Are they okay? Yeah. And who's got him? I mean, that will determine if they're okay, probably. So, they're good. Yeah. All right. And, and Luda seems like a pretty stand-up dude. And seems like he would be fair to them. He's not going to make them Frankenhookers or anything. So, <laughs> I don't see that being an issue. Right. Yes. 
All right. Anything else on uh, Luda and the Fast and the Furious universe? I mean, I'm square. All right. <laughs> All right. So our next question <laughs> is from Kevin. And his question was, to what do you um, attribute the rise and fall of the mega hit soundtracks? It seemed to hit its peak in the late 90s with movies like Armageddon and Titanic producing some of the biggest hit songs on their respective years. Uh, what is the decline? Was it the decline of music videos, the change in format from CDs to streaming, just a fad that came and went? That's a good question. Do I need to repeat it? Well, no, I got it. Oh. Okay. Um. Do you want to go first or you want me? Yeah, I can. I already got it. I already okay. got it thought out. Uh, I, okay. I do think part of it is the declining music videos because that was one of the point of those songs was so that the music videos would tie in with the movie and just be mm. advertising for that stuff. And with that, we haven't had a really big song in a long time that's just solely associated with the movie. There was that Charlie Pooh's uh, Wiz Khalifa one with that Fast and the Furious one, but you know, with the whole. Paul Walker dying thing, you mm-hmm. know, but outside of that, now a lot of movies don't go out to have songs written for them. Now they just get songs that are already out there. I think with that the that exception was one of the, of the Bond things. movies, but yes. otherwise you're right. But even then movie soundtracks being big, it's been a long time since movie soundtracks were big just because for a yeah. long time it would be one song. You know, I know he brought up yep. Titanic and Armageddon, but those were just single songs off of that. You can even go back to Men in Black, you know, where those were singular yeah. songs that were big. I think it's been even longer than that since soundtracks were big as a whole, you know? And, but I think that that's one of the big changes with a lot of it is just how movies are, or yeah, how movies are allocating their budget. What's cheaper to have an artist record a new song or to just pay for rights of, of using a song. And then you can just throw shit on fucking Facebook. Throwing a Facebook ad is a lot cheaper than also producing a music video that's an ad for your stuff. Plus, like a lot of artists, if they were using the song that was already recorded, and they didn't have a music video from it, you could then tell the artist, hey, we'll pay for the music video. But you have to have scenes from the movie in it. I know famously, what was it? Uh... Uh, System of a Down, one of their songs uh, was in Scream 3. And they were okay with it being in Scream 3, but like when they came to him going, hey, we'll produce a music video, you just have to have scenes from Scream 3 in it. They were like, no, fuck you, we'll pay for it ourselves. They didn't want to have anything to do with that part of it. Some of it could be that. You know? It's just, I think with, especially nowadays with how artists make their money, it doesn't also line up with that. So I think a lot of it really has to do with both the movie industry and the music industry changing and just not lining up anymore with some of that stuff. No, those are all good points. And I mean, yeah, like I think all of those are valid points and um, especially that about the, the cost effectiveness of it now. Because, yeah, the, like you said, I'm, that's the one that I was going to focus on, too, because, like, the whole point of it was advertising. But now there are just so many different avenues and ways that you can advertise your movie now, and you don't really need, you, you don't really need that, you know? 
you, you don't really need that. It seems like where they're getting more mileage um, out of songs and songwriters and stuff like that is kind of doing these kind of twisted or chopped up or slow or horror themed versions of older songs. I'm seeing more of that in movies now and in previews than I'm seeing anything else like a hit song for like a soundtrack that just seems like now kind of like a forgotten idea and what you're seeing is you know i think about us um and and what they did with that song you know or i think about um oh my gosh we 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 just watched it with the girl oh my god um promising promising young woman yes yeah and like what they did with the toxic. And I mean, and just today I saw Cruella and it had some of that kind of stuff in it. You know, they took some songs and they took the Cruella song and did a little something different with it. So like, I'm seeing a little bit more of that in movies and stuff more than I'm seeing, or like in, in some of the, in some of the previews that we've seen, um, you know, you'll you'll hear a different version of Come Together or something like that. You know, you just hear these different kind of interesting versions of these songs. And they're just attention grabbers and they kind of make some of those ads and stuff like that stand out. And it seems like that's kind of been sort of the way of the future. Like when it comes to music and how it's being used to advertise movies, in my opinion, anyway. And I also kind of feel like it's it's more kind of popular right now to sometimes get an artist who might not be as well-known and do more independent-type artists in movies now. And then that sort of becomes like their, who is this, you know? Like, who's singing this song? I want to know who it is. Instead of it already being established people doing the songs, I feel like a lot of movies now, they're doing where they're up-and-coming artists or people haven't really necessarily heard of them as much, you know? And I think that that's sort of kind of a trend right now is doing less well-known artists and using that music and more independent artists music in certain types of movies these days. Um, And I also feel like TV soundtracks are becoming more of a big deal now. And maybe that's just me, but like for me, the past couple of years at least, I have really enjoyed TV soundtracks more than movie soundtracks lately, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, I do, I do kind of to Sterling's point about like music videos is a big one too, because that was such a thing where a movie comes out, you've got the song for the movie and you're, you're showing clips and scenes and whatever from the movie in the music video. And that was a huge, huge thing, especially in the 90s and 2000s. And I think that that, that is part of it is like, the, you know, I mean, there are music videos, but it's just kind of, it's not really the same type of thing anymore. Um, I mean, man, and I have a lot of 90s soundtracks that I love. Like there's so many good 90s movies that have great soundtracks and 2000s. But I mean, then it started to become just like the movies that were either movies about dancing, like step up type of movies or save the last dance. They had amazing soundtracks to me <laughs> at the time. And, 
Or it's like stuff like Pitch Perfect, where there's a soundtrack because it's a movie about singing, but it's just them singing like covers and whatever. And, you know, those are all well and good. But otherwise, yeah, I just feel like it's not, it's not a thing anymore. Um, but yeah, I, it, it is a good question. And I do, I agree, like, because when we, when this question was first brought up, the first thing I thought about actually was Promising Young Woman and the remake of Toxic that they did, where it was just like orchestral, you know, kind of remake of that song. And it was amazing. And, but I just feel like sort of that, um, that, uh, that I guess kind of offbeat, unique type of music or independent type of like music and songs now, that's what people are going for. Like they, they don't want to run of the mill, whatever. Like, I just feel like they are more likely to be like, we want to get somebody to do this song, or we want to have a song in this that people haven't heard of before. That's not super popular on the radio and it's going to be heard here first. And just, I, I feel like the independent thing is more of what movies are going for these days, if that makes sense. Yeah. No. And, and, and with that too, I think with what you were talking about earlier, when it comes to the whole like indie artists and stuff like that, a, they're cheaper to get rights to their songs. Exactly. I think a lot of yeah. that also stems back to mid 2000s CW really started making it popular with a lot of their teen shows about mm-hmm. getting lesser known artists because record labels would pay them to get their songs on there. Yep. To promote them and stuff like that. And I think MTV really changed that around with a lot of their TV shows because when they would have songs on there, uh, especially, I mean, like about five or six years ago, I don't know if they still do it, but like, I know when Scream the TV show was on there. When they were playing a song, a little bubble would pop up and tell you who the artist was in the song. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's you know, right. To help promote that and stuff. I mean, because I, I started doing yeah. a rewatch of Smallville. And, like, when they're at the school dance or whatever at the end of the first season, Remy Zero is there playing, you know, the dance. And Remy Zero is the one that famously mm-hmm. sings their song, you know, is the theme song for Smallville. And they're at the little dance and stuff. And they're yeah. like, man, this band is great. And then Pete goes... Yeah, Remy Zero. And I'm like, oh, that is some of the <laughs> bu- like worst bullshit I've ever seen. <laughs> but like, that's the type of shit they would right. do, you know? But yeah. CW shows do that all the time. You get lesser known artists and you put their songs in there. I mean, Grey's yeah. Anatomy took that formula very much too um, with some of their songs that they would put in episodes. And it would cause artists to yeah. blow up. Oh, yeah. Honestly, there's so many artists that I discovered during, like, during watching TV shows. Like, there's a couple of artists, even, like, um, I watch This Is Us. Like, they have some great music in there, and that I'm like, who is this? I've never heard of this person, and it's amazing music. And honestly, say what you want about One Tree Hill. I think they had one of the best TV show soundtracks ever. <laughs> I loved the music they always played there. In fact, one of my favorite artists, like, ever right now, um, his name is Andrew Rip. He actually, the first time I ever heard him was on One Tree Hill. It was like some scene they were doing and I heard a song playing and I'm like, who is that? He's amazing. And that is the first time I ever heard him. And now he's like my favorite artist. And, you know, and it's funny because back then nobody knew these people. And now you're right. Like they blow up because of it and it's crazy, but yeah. And I, I think that that's, I feel like sometimes that kind of works better too, but I mean, 
I, I like that format because for me, I'm like, I don't know who this is. And it makes me want to know who this is. So I do think it's smart sometimes to do that because you're like, you know, you want people to want to know like the songs that you have in your show or in your movie. And so I actually, I loved discovering new music through some of these TV shows. I actually really enjoy doing that. Um, you know, it would be like, you're looking it up and you're like, who sings this song? You know, like before you could actually have ways to do that, you know, but I, I actually, that was always a fun thing for me watching TV shows or movies and going back and being like that song they played. And like, I would remember some of the lyrics and look it up and figure out who it was. I used to love doing that. Yeah. And I wonder also too, um, just hearing you guys talk about that and talk about the, the different indie artists and just everything about TV and everything like that. Could it also just be just the sheer amount of content that is now available to people now, you know, like yeah. back then when these movies would come out, it was like, that was like the cinematic event, you know, like when these movies would come out, everybody was watching it. Everybody was going to the theater. Everybody was, you know, if these certain superstars were in it, everybody was going to go see it, you know? So it was kind of like everyone gravitated towards that. And then they would have this familiar artist that they knew everybody was listening to, or they knew was on the, the radio was on music videos, different stuff like that. Like it was all kind of teaming up um, to advertise this film. And then the film was like, everybody's got to watch it. And it was just the popular thing. But now, you know, there are just so many avenues to watch movies, to watch TV. There are just so many things coming out, being released on streaming, this, that, and the other. So I don't know if a soundtrack can garner the same kind of buzz or the same kind of... Now, now, now granted, you know, we'll watch movies and we'll still say, oh, this has a great soundtrack. Or, you know, we 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 still comment on the soundtracks of movies and things like that. But I can't remember the last time I was like, Oh, I have to buy this soundtrack. Or as soon as it was over, I went and I downloaded maybe certain songs, but even then maybe certain songs I wanted or had to have. And now because of the way that you buy music, I can just pick that one song I liked and just buy it. I don't have to buy the 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 soundtrack, so to speak. So I don't know. I just think even just the the options that we have are so vast and might contribute to that as well. Yep. Yeah, and the more I think about it too, we can't really say that like there's been a decline in music videos because like when you really look at some of the stuff, like some of the most watched videos on YouTube are music videos still. You know, true. Music videos are still very much a thing. You know, it's just the way we consume them is different. We're not watching them on MTV or anything like that. We're just watching them on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we just go and find what we want to watch. And I think that that kind of has taken away from some of that because very few people are going to want to go actively seek out an advertisement. Mm hmm. That's that that's a great point like yeah because music videos are are still very big thing but yeah 
I mean, that that's so true. The way we access everything is just so different that that avenue that used to be efficient when it came to movie soundtracks and stuff, that that used to be one of the few ways that you could get all of those songs together or anything like that. Or if you wanted to listen to certain songs, you know, from a soundtrack, that that was the way you had to do it. You had to buy that soundtrack. But now, man, I could go to YouTube and probably pull up, you you know, that too. If I want to listen to some of these soundtracks, I can probably just go to YouTube and pull it up, you know? Right. And if you got YouTube Red, you can listen to it all day. And remember how they used to do like YouTube mashups of like TV shows and like characters in it and put it to like emo songs and stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the love story yeah. of this person and this person in the form of just a song. <laughs> all right. Anything else on that, guys? No, I'm good. No, no, ma'am. That actually is concluding our segment today. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely do a theme one next time with food. That's a good idea. Yeah, I like this a lot. That's going to be fun to talk about. I'm excited for that. And it'll be around, um, you know, a holiday where people eat a lot of food. I don't know if they do on the 4th of July, but in general. I like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, all the summer holidays tend to have the same food, though. It's all hot dogs, hamburgers hamburgers barbecue yeah that's pretty much all the summer ones yeah but on that note then thank you guys for listening to this episode of the semi-slayers podcast check us out on the internet at www.semi-slayers.com or check us out on facebook where we're cinema slayers podcast or twitter and instagram where we're cinema underscore slayers uh shout out to plug migo and mundo choa for our theme song and logos respectively and uh, give us a five-star rating review. We'd really appreciate it. That'd really help us out. Also, tell your uh, friends, tell your family, tell your mothers, especially single mothers. They love me, obviously. Listen to these golden tones. Single mothers love this shit. So they'll definitely love this. And just as always, remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. I don't listen to soundtracks anymore. Today. The Just 90s. being a fucking let down again. I know, man. Damn. It's off script. I could do what I want. Yeah, which is apparently fail. Ugh.